What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week three deadline. So I'm going to go through some of the latest news and information and answer some of your questions as well. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And ahead of game week three, there's still time to sign up to Fantasy Football Hub, up to 50% off at the moment. All the links you need are in the description below. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Gabriel Jesus, because apparently he's back in full team training. So what's that going to mean for the other other Arsenal players now because it's another Friday deadline in order to get this video out early enough I'm recording it on Thursday afternoon so obviously before you make any decisions based on stuff we talk about in this video you can wait to hear from the managers in their press conferences I'm just going to go with the information available right now so he has been pictured in training and I've seen some journalists say that he might even be available for the Fulham at home game in game week three now I'm not sure they would rush him back so quickly because Enketi has done pretty well but if he's available for Man United at home, I'd be pretty sure that he's going to start that game. So what are the knock-on effects for that? Well, obviously, Jesus potentially becomes an option if you need an Arsenal attacker, but you don't want to fill a midfield slot. You could fill the forward slot instead. That's something that a lot of us considered doing for game week one before he got injured. I think with the fixtures they have coming up, there's probably not going to be a rush to get Arsenal players in. Like Man United at home game week four, Everton away game week five spurs at home game week six is not awful arsenal will definitely score in every one of those fixtures but they're not necessarily games that you would want to target so i think for jesus he might become an option later on but probably not someone we're looking at right now i think for anyone that was eyeing up in ketia he's definitely not someone i would go for because as soon as jesus is back he'll probably lose his place i don't see where else jesus really fits into that team and the only other player that i think it might make some difference to is Martinelli. Now, not in terms of minutes, because obviously Jesus would be competing with Nketiah, but I think when Jesus plays, he does tend to drift from that number nine position, whereas Nketiah stays quite central. Jesus is happy to go, you know, to different areas of the pitch, and often he'll drift left, which lets Martinelli come inside. Like, I don't know if you've watched the first two Arsenal games. I haven't been overly impressed with Martinelli from what I've seen. There were a few times in the Crystal Palace game where maybe someone could have picked him out. He had a lot of space on that left side. There was one time he didn't take the shot quick enough and stuff like that. But I don't think he's had a huge amount of chances. And that might change with Jesus. So I think with Fulham at home, nobody is really selling Arsenal players anyway. But if he's going to be back from game week four onwards and you're on the fence about selling someone like Martinelli, this might be the thing that makes you keep them. But outside of that, I think Havertz playing as a number eight, Saka on the right, and obviously Odegaard as an eight as well, not probably massively influenced by Jesus being back, unless Arteta's got something else up his sleeve, because you never know, with the amount of players available, he might try something else over the next few games. So for anyone thinking about selling Jao Pedro ahead of game week three, maybe hold off on those transfers until you've heard from Roberto De Zerbi, because there's reports going around that Nciso is injured, and it was Nciso that played number 10 instead of Jao Pedro against Wolves in game week two. So Fabrizio Romano tweeted about it. Uh, Paraguay statement confirms, Nciso has suffered trauma to his left knee in one of his club's training sessions. He is being assisted and evaluated by the Brighton medical team. Statement reported by Roberto Rojas. Now you might be thinking to yourself, why is this coming from Paraguay rather than Brighton journalists? But I seem to remember last year, Almiron picking up an injury and it was confirmed by Paraguay before it was confirmed by Newcastle. So there might be some truth in this. Again, before you make any decisions, obviously wait and see what De Zerbi says. But if Nciso is going to be out for game week three at least, then that means the minutes of Jao Pedro are a lot better. 
So if you were thinking about selling him, but you didn't really want to, well, now you've got your excuse to hold on to him. And let's not forget, when he gets minutes, he's extremely good value, decent goal threat as well. Brighton are going to score loads of goals, and he's on penalty. So there's every reason to want to hold on to him for West Ham at home. And then you can just reassess ahead of game week four. If you've already sold him, or it would be better for your transfer plans to still sell him, I don't think that's necessarily a huge issue. Just because Nciso is out does not mean João Pedro is guaranteed to start, but obviously it means there's a lot more likelihood that he does. But he could play Lalana in that number 10 position. I mean, it's a Zerbi. I'm sure he could play pretty much anyone there. But Lalana would probably be the next in line after Nciso uh, and João Pedro. Or he could even just play with two forwards as well. So there are still possibilities that João Pedro would miss out. But I think that starts to get to kind of overthinking levels. I would see Nciso out probably means that João Pedro starts. The reason, or one of the reasons that um, João Pedro didn't play in game week two was apparently his off-the-ball work that De Zerbi wasn't that impressed with. Plus, we have to remember that Nciso is also an extremely good player. I think I said this on stream or, or another video the other day. You know, when the game first launched, everyone had Nciso in their team and then we kind of just forgot about him for game week one. And the reason they had him, because he's so good. But with him out of the picture, João Pedro's minutes would get much better. So I think the key thing to do with the fixtures they've got is probably hold him for West Ham at home, reassess ahead of game week four, get an update about exactly how long Nciso is out for, and then go from there. Like Newcastle at home, Man United away, not awful fixtures. And Bournemouth at home in game week six is pretty good. I'm sure Brighton will score in every single one of those games. So yeah, if you're a Jean Pedro owner and you didn't want to sell, you've got your excuse not to do it. All right, let's talk about Chelsea. This is mostly going to be for people thinking about bringing Nicholas Jackson in, but I am going to talk about Ben Chilwell quickly as well. So because Chelsea are playing on Friday, Pochettino has already had his press conference at the time recording. And on Mudrick, he said it is a minor injury, a few days. He won't be available tomorrow. So that's the Luton game in game week three i am very disappointed because he is a player who we have hope for now realistically mudrick doesn't make a huge difference to fpl because he hasn't started the first two games but if he does get a start at some point it's almost certainly going to be that left wing role and that is where ben chilwell has played the first two games and been extremely attacking so that might be a little bit of a worry longer term but for game week three with Mudrick being out, Chilwell is very likely to play there again. I mean, Pochettino could put Sterling left wing and play Madueke right wing instead. But I think Chilwell will be pretty uh, pretty safe there, given what we've seen in the first two games. He's played that position well too. So if you're on the fence about bringing him in, I think you've got to do it. There is too much upside having a defender playing left wing with the fixtures that they have. And even if Mudrick or Sterling does play there, presumably Pochettino won't just drop Chilwell. He'll play him left back and he could be just as attacking. It might be the case that he's not, but I'd rather have him in my team and take that risk rather than just ignore him. Like I said, that upside is too high. So that's Chilwell. Just on Nicholas Jackson, Pochettino says that Chelsea are analysing the right profile of the attacker they want to sign. So they are looking to make attacking signings. Might be one player, two players, three players. Who knows with Chelsea? The window is still open until next Friday. They haven't forgotten about the injured players and they want someone who is compatible. Now, I did see another quote that kind of went well with this, which I couldn't find before I started recording. But essentially, Pochettino said something like, if they sign a new player, like a new striker... That player is going to take a little bit of time to get up to speed. And by that point, Breuer will probably be fit to play. So do they need to make that sign? I think that's what he means by they haven't forgotten about the injured players. If you sign exactly the same type of player, 
and then your other players recover from injuries, suddenly you've got a lot of bodies that you're trying to fit into kind of that first 11. And just on Breuer, he is back in uh, team training, but he has been out for a very long time. So I'm not sure he's going to start over the next couple of games. So as things stand, I think things look good for Nicholas Jackson in terms of minutes, at least up until the international break, game weeks three and four. After that, we'll have to wait and see if they sign anyone. There were reports on Wednesday that Pochettino was going to try and get or, or see if Lukaku could be integrated back into the squad if that's something he wanted to do. Uh, and he basically said, if you, and he was talking about Lukaku, wishes and the club wishes to find a solution, then the club will tell me that something has changed. I am here and accepted a situation that was already done, i.e. That, che- uh, that Lukaku wasn't going to be at Chelsea. I wasn't able to change anything. So as far as we know, Lukaku still wants to go just a matter of time before he's sold whether or not someone obviously wants to buy him um and he and nizar kinsella who was reporting on this did say that pochettino won't completely rule out using lukaku so if he's still at the club next week and then other transfer windows close as well because some of them are open a bit longer than the premier league there is a chance that lukaku could feature and he's got a lot more experience than both broya and nicholas jackson so that is maybe a slight concern but i think everything that's happened I'd be very surprised if Lukaku is still at Chelsea and gets used. But it is something to bear in mind when you're thinking about buying uh, Nicholas Jackson. And obviously, Breuer at some point will have an effect on his minutes. So I think he's okay for the next two game weeks. I think if you're looking to bring him in, it's still okay to do that. Just having the back of your mind from game weeks kind of five, six, seven onwards, you might have to look to bring someone else on or someone else in instead. And just on Jackson... I do think generally there's risk with him. He is quite a young player. I've said this in preseason. He doesn't have a huge amount of experience, you know, playing loads of games in the top five leagues. Like he played well for Villarreal last year, but he hasn't played a huge amount of matches. So he is going to be raw. He is going to miss chances as well. But from what we've seen in the first two games, he's going to be in the right positions. And that's why I'm kind of keen on him, right? So if we look at uh, the numbers so far it was 0.79 expected goals against West Ham I think some of that was the header which he hit over which he probably wasn't ever going to score I've seen other people talking about that they're still getting into the right places and then 0.53 expected goals against Liverpool he's almost certainly not going to be on penalties but for 7 million he still seems like a pretty decent punt with Luton at home Forest at home Bournemouth away Villa at home Fulham away Burnley away like what can really go wrong other than he loses his place or starts to lose a few minutes. I think in terms of getting starts in that first 11, he's probably going to be okay for the next two, probably three game weeks. So if you're already considering considering getting him, I don't think the talk around Lukaku and the fact that Breuer is back in team training should really kind of change your mind on that. All right, let's get into some of your questions. So is it too late to jump on the Matoma bandwagon? I guess we've got to include Solly March in this conversation as well. And I think my answer is... It's probably, I don't, I'm hesitating a little bit. I think the answer has to be no, it's not too late because there's such good prices, you know, under 7 million. We've already seen Brighton score eight goals in the first two games. And I don't think that was a blip, right? We saw how good they were from an attacking point of view last year. That is going to continue. They will cause nearly every single team in the league, including Man City problems. And because of that, it probably doesn't matter so much that some of the fixtures coming up on paper are a little bit tougher. So I think the answer is no. The only reason I hesitated a little bit is because in the first nine game weeks, two of their best fixtures were Luton at home and Wolves away. You've already missed them. But to be fair, they got West Ham at home this week. 
They'll definitely score goals in that. They'll cause Newcastle problems at home in game week four. They'll definitely cause Man United problems away in game week five. And then it's Bournemouth at home in game week six. So even the next four fixtures aren't that bad. And at that point, if you think Villa away, Liverpool at home, Man City away is too tough, you could look to move them on. But again, I think Brighton will cause all three of those teams problems. And then when you get to the other side of those fixtures, it's Fulham at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Forest away, which are absolutely fantastic. So I think the answer has to be no. The only thing that would slightly concern me is after game week five, before Bournemouth at home in game week six, is when Europa League matches start. And we heard De Zerbi say at the end of last season, the players have to get used to playing every kind of three to four days and that they weren't used to it. And we did see a couple of benches. I think McAllister got benched twice. Matoma got, uh, got benched once as well. So could we see not necessarily benchings, but reduced minutes? Because Brighton do have a lot of attackers. Even on that left-hand side, they've got Adingra, who's already come off the bench in one game and scored against Lewin. Got no minutes against Wolves, but he's already shown what he can do. So it's not that I think he will start ahead of Matoma in any game anytime soon. But he could come off the bench, which will reduce, obviously, the amount of time that Matoma can play. But I think, ultimately, because of their prices and because of how good they and Brighton are, you haven't missed the boat. I guess it all comes down to, as well, which other players you don't already own. Like, if I was buying Matoma or March or Mbermo this week, then I'd probably go for Mbermo because you don't have any of those concerns about Europe. And on paper, the fixtures are better. And he's on penalties as well. And his, and his minutes are better. But if you've already got him... And you're thinking about bringing Matoma or Solly March in as well for a different player, whoever that might be. I don't really see a huge issue. The only hesitation is Europe starting. And I guess in some ways the fixtures, but I'm not sure it's going to matter too much with Brighton. Let me know if you don't own Brighton attackers, are you still thinking about bringing them in? So would you consider Sterling for the next three game weeks? And I think with the fixtures that Chelsea have, he should probably be part of the conversation if you're looking to bring a new midfielder in, especially if you're the type of FPL manager that likes a punt. Because in terms of transfers, Sterling isn't that popular ahead of game week three, even with Luton at home, Forest at home, Bournemouth away. So there's actually 13 other midfielders that have had more transfers in than him, including Pape Sarr at Spurs, Leon Bailey at Aston Villa, Madison, who's flagged for Spurs, Ward Prowse at West Ham, uh, Rodri at Man City as well. They've all been transferred in by more FPL managers. Sterling sits at 69,556. But again, with the fixtures they've got, and given how good we know he can be, he's definitely in that punk category for me. I don't think from the first two games... We've seen a lot to say he's going to get a huge amount of returns. Like against West Ham in the first half, he was incredible. But in terms of chances created and shots, it wasn't really there. He finished on 0.06 expected goals, 0.23 expected assists. But if he keeps playing like that, presumably the returns would come. One thing to say about Chelsea in general, which probably I should have touched on when I talked about Nicholas Jackson... They are still transitioning, right? They've got a new manager. I've said this before. Loads of new players. They've also got a lot of injuries right? And Kunku's out. Uh, Chukwameka is out as well. Who's even going to play number 10 for them this week? Mudrick can't do it. Is it going to be Sterling? Is he going to push Gallagher forward and play Caicedo next to Fernandez? Possibly. But if the front four is Chilwell, Gallagher, Sterling and Nicholas Jackson, I'm sure they could do well, right? They're all good players. They've got good fixtures. But is that the kind of thing you want to see lining up when you're looking for FPL returns? Possibly not. So I think whichever Chelsea players you buy... 
And by the way, I'm looking at Nicholas Jackson myself. There is a bit of risk there. I think minutes-wise, Sterling will be fine because they need that experience. And he's definitely capable of massive returns. I spoke about him in pre-season. Like, this is a player that scored 13 goals, 7 assists two seasons ago. 10 goals, 9 assists before that. 20 goals, 6 assists before that. And I know some of these were with Man City. But there is still a good player in there. The only other question comes, would I consider him for the next three? Yes. But what if I'm putting him up against other midfielders? Would I buy Sterling instead of Imbermo? Probably not. Would I buy Sterling instead of Foden? That would get close. I think Sterling probably edges it on, I would say, almost guaranteed minutes. But Foden's very likely to start the next two. Sheffield United away, Fulham at home. Then it's West Ham away, Forest at home. If he starts all four of those in that Man City team, I would fully expect him to outscore Sterling. So I think he's a good punt and he's a good option because of the fixtures. But there's also lots of other good midfielders that you can consider right now. So this next question isn't game week specific, but I still think it's good to talk about because it ties into overall strategy. So how many weeks would you keep non-performing Arsenal and Man United players before transferring them out? Now I am going to use Man United and Arsenal as examples to get my point across. But you could apply this to any player you're thinking about selling. And for me, the key question isn't how many weeks do you wait? Because there's not a defined number, right? It's not two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. The key question is, is there a better player to use my transfer on to bring into my squad instead? So I know I've talked about my team already this week. But when I look at that midfield five, I've got two Arsenal players against Fulham at home, in Burmo against Palace at home, and then two Man United players against Forest at home. Okay, Fernandes and Rashford have blanked in the first two game weeks. It might be that that's enough to get rid of them if there's a better player for this week. But I don't think there's any midfielders that are an absolute necessity to bring in. Like Sterling, for example, Luton at home, Foden against, uh, I've forgotten now, Sheffield United away, like Matoma against West Ham at home. They're all really good options this week. Are they definitely better than Fernandes and Rashford against Nottingham Forest at home? I would say probably not. And don't get me wrong, there's issues with Man United right now. Rashford playing number nine, Hoyland not available, Mount is injured as well. Like, whether or not Ten Hag will fix this soon, I don't know. But I do know, historically, both Fernandes and Rashford have been great FPL options. And Forrest at home is a really good fixture. So I don't want to make that move. And then it might be that I get to game week four, and they've blanked again. And I look at it, and it's Arsenal away. There might be another midfielder that I really want. So I remove one. But if I've got other fires to put out, well, there's another midfielder that I think I need to move on instead. So let's say, for example, Rashford and Fernandes both blank against Forrest at home, which could happen. And Martinelli either doesn't start or he gets subbed off really early. I might think that Martinelli is a bigger issue than Rashford or Fernandes. Because yes, they blank three times in a row. But I'm still hopeful that because they've been such good FPL options in the past, at some point that will click. And in the future they'll start getting more points. So I might even keep them for Arsenal away. And it might be they blank again. And then I'll go into game week five and it'll be the same question. Not, okay, they've blanked four times. I've got to get rid of them. It's game week five. Is there a better midfielder to bring in? And I might start looking at the long-term fixtures and think that's not going to be the case. So uh, that's kind of the way that I play FPL. I'm not really too worried about the points, similar to the Watkins goals, which I'll talk about in a minute. Of course you want points and that makes it easier to hold on to a player and you've got to factor other things in like price drops, price rises, future transfers that you uh, you might want to make. It's not solely about is there a better player but that is one of the key questions. So there's not a defined amount of weeks. Sometimes you might keep a player one week and then decide to get rid of them. It could be two, three, four, five, etc. That is what I would think about. Is there definitely a better player for me right now? 
And if there is, sell them. If not, you can probably hold on to them for another week or, or two or three or four or however many it might be. So there were some questions sent in that I didn't include because I've talked about them in other videos, but because they were sent in so many times, I'm going to go through them in kind of a quick fire fashion ahead of the deadline. So with Eze, would I keep or sell? I think in most cases I would hold on to him. Like not much has changed in terms of him as an FPL pick. He was a little bit unlucky not to return against Sheffield United. Arsenal was always going to be difficult. The fixtures coming up are much better. He's absolutely now to start. Great minutes, penalties, takes all set pieces. There's a lot to like about him. If you've got a team that's so well set up, you've got the luxury of moving him on, then fair enough. But I think for most people, just hold on to him. With Gabriel, I think he might start for Arsenal against Fulham because Tommy Asu is suspended, Timber is out. So we could see Ben White right back, Saliba and Gabriel centre-back partnership, and then Zinchenko inverting into midfield from the left. But I'd probably still sell because it's not a guarantee. And even if he does start against Fulham, he might not start in the future. Top defenders I look at bringing in, Chilwell, SGP now, although Brighton have conceded quite a few chances first two games. And they've got to play Newcastle, Man United, game it's four and five. Villa away, Liverpool at home, Man City away, game it's seven, eight, nine. He's probably not as essential as he kind of feels like. But he's still a good option, I would say, because he's so attacking. Ruben Diaz, Saliba if you want to stick to Arsenal. Uh, Henry or Pinnock from Brentford. And then Udogi from Spurs. Madison, obviously I haven't seen... Postacoglu's press conference before recording this if he's out for more than a week I would sell him because I think three of Spurs best fixtures are game weeks three four and five from the first seven game weeks so if he's going to miss two of them I think you can just probably sell him to someone else in Burmo maybe even Eze who knows Foden Sterling Punt etc if he's only out for a week and you've got a good bench and you really want him as a long-term pick just hold on to him and then just on Foden and Alvarez I like them, especially for the next two games. So I think they'll start. They're going to sign Doku. They might sign more midfielders as well. Long term, I can't be confident about their minutes. But with Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, West Ham away and Forest at home, there are many worse punts you can make than going for Man City attackers in a team that are going to score a lot of goals. So if you want Foden or Alvarez, go for it. So I'm just going to finish by quickly talking about my own team because a lot of people have asked me whether or not I've changed my mind on selling Ollie Watkins because since I recorded the team selection video, he's gone and scored a hat-trick in the Europa Conference League playoff against Hibs. Now, to be fair, I never said that move was absolutely locked in. I did say it was my favourite transfer, but I always reserved the right to change my mind right up until the deadline. And there are other moves that I was considering. But for what it's worth, that game hasn't really changed my mind. Like, what did we know before that? Aston Villa is a very good attack. Watkins is quite good at football. He's decent at putting the ball in the back of the net. And Burnley away is a pretty good fixture. So what has changed after that game against Hibbs? Absolutely nothing. Burnley away is still good. Villa are a great attack. Watkins is good at putting the ball in the back of the net. And he's pretty decent at football as well. So nothing has changed. And by the way, Hibbs, which are the team they played and beat 5-0, they've played two games in the Scottish Premiership and they're on zero points. They sit 11th out of 12 teams. So it's not exactly tough competition. And I suspect that Burnley away is probably a harder game anyway, right? For what it's worth. But I was never selling Watkins because I thought he was must sell. Like my team is pretty well set up this week. If I had one free transfer, I would 100% roll it and I definitely would not sell Watkins. But I'm set up with a team that looks really good on paper and I've got two moves. So I've got to start planning for the future as well. And I just think that someone like Nicholas Jackson or possibly Alvarez at Man City has the potential to match or even outscore Watkins this week. And then because of the fixtures they got afterwards, that will continue to happen. For what it's worth, I'm already looking at possibly getting Watkins back in by game week eight or nine because they got Wolves away in game week eight, West Ham at home in nine, Luton at home after that, then it's Forest away, Fulham at home. 
So the fixtures are pretty good. So if you're sat there with Watkins and you're thinking, I don't want to sell him, then don't sell him because he is an absolutely brilliant choice. But has that Hibs game changed my mind? Not really. Like, there are other moves that I'm considering. Pickford to Sanchez, for example. Um, Martinelli to Odegaard or Foden or even Sterling. Who knows? But other than that, I think Watkins is my next best move. Like, I did check the suggested transfers on Fantasy Football Hub. And if you want to check that out for yourself, link in the description below. And for me, the move is Watkins to Jackson to give me enough money to go from Kabori to Vardio. Now, for what it's worth, I don't think I would use that money to upgrade from Kabori. But it did start me thinking about whether or not I could just sell into another £4 million defender. And a lot of people mentioned this to me on Twitter as well, which is maybe sell him to Gusto. But if I do that, I'd probably just bench Gusto this week because I've got Chilwell, Estrepinian and Saliba. Now, he might come in useful in the next few weeks, but if Reese James is back anytime soon, like game weeks five or six, then Gusto's no longer an option. So it just feels like a bit passive to me, similar with the goalkeeper move. So, yeah, nothing's really changed. I'm probably going to still do Watkins to Jackson. Otherwise, the team looks great. Pickford at home to Wolves. He's got Sheffield United away next week. Uh, Chilwell, Estrepinian and Saliba against Luton. West Ham and Fulham at home. Saka and Martinelli also Fulham at home. Fernandez Rashford Forest at home. In Burmo Palace at home. And then Haaland captain to Sheffield United away. So on paper, the team looks good. Doesn't always mean the points will come. But I just think there's going to be more interesting moves to make in game week four. And I want to get ahead of those moves by making one of them this week. I mean, I could do Martinelli or Fernandez to a midfielder, but I'm less sure about which midfielder I want and which midfielder I want to take out. Whereas Watkins to Jackson just feels like a pretty good move all round. So yeah, has my opinion changed? Not really, but that move is not locked in. I might think of something else by the deadline stream later today. By the way, deadline stream will start at half four all the way up until half six when uh, the game week three deadline is. If you've enjoyed this video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button. Make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. All the links you need are in the description below. And if you're listening on podcasts, please do rate five stars on whichever platform you're using. That's really helping out. Otherwise, I'll leave it there. Lots covered. Hopefully it was helpful. I'll catch you later on for the deadline stream. Sports Social Podcast Network.